Section twenty five of Jataka Tales by H. T. Francis and E. J. Thomas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Hare's Self Sacrifice. Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta was reigning in Benares, the Bodhisatta came to life as a young hare and lived in a wood. On one side of this wood was the foot of a mountain, on another side a river, and on the third side a border village. The hare had three friends a monkey, a jackal, and an otter. These four wise creatures lived together, and each of them got his food on his own hunting-ground, and in the evening they again came together. The hare, in his wisdom, by way of admonition, preached the truth to his three companions, teaching that alms are to be given, the moral law to be observed, and holy days to be kept. They accepted his admonition, and went each to his own part of the jungle, and dwelt there. And so, in the course of time, the Bodhisatta, one day observing the sky, and looking at the moon, knew that the next day would be a fast day, and addressing his three companions, he said, "'Tomorrow is a fast day. Let all three of you take upon you the moral precepts and observe the holy day. To one that stands fast in moral practice, almsgiving brings a great reward. Therefore feed any beggars that come to you by giving them food from your own table.' They readily assented, and abode each in his own place of dwelling. On the morrow, quite early in the morning, the otter sallied forth to seek his prey, and went down to the bank of the Ganges. Now it came to pass that a fisherman had landed seven red fish, and stringing them together on a withe, he had taken and buried them in the sand on a river's bank, and then he dropped down the stream, catching more fish. The otter, scenting the buried fish, dug up the sand till he came upon them, and pulling them out, cried thrice, "'Does any one own these fish?' And not seeing any owner, he took hold of the withe with his teeth, and laid the fish in the jungle where he dwelt, intending to eat them at a fitting time. And then he lay down, thinking how virtuous he was. The jackal, too, sallied forth in quest of food, and found in the hut of a field-watcher two spits, a lizard, and a pot of milk-curd and after thrice crying aloud, "'To whom do these belong?' and not finding an owner, he put on his neck the rope for lifting the pot, and gasping the spits and the lizard with his teeth, he brought and laid them in his own lair, thinking, "'In due season I will devour them,' and so lay down, reflecting how virtuous he had been." The monkey also entered the clump of trees, and gathering a bunch of mangoes, laid them up in his part of the jungle, meaning to eat them in due season, and then lay down, thinking how virtuous he was. But the bodhisatta in due time came out, intending to browse on the kusa grass, and as he lay in the jungle, the thought occurred to him, "'It is impossible for me to offer grass to any beggars that may chance to appear, and I have no sesame rice and such like.' If any beggar shall appeal to me, I shall have to give him my own flesh to eat. At this splendid display of virtue, Sokka's white marble throne manifested signs of heat. Sokka, on reflection, discovered the cause and resolved to put his royal hair to the test. First of all, he went and stood by the otter's dwelling-place, disguised as a Brahmin, and being asked why he stood there, he replied, "'Wise, sir, if I could get something to eat after keeping the fast, I would perform all my ascetic duties.' The otter replied, "'Very well, I'll give you some food.' 
and as he conversed with him he repeated the first stanza seven red fish i safely brought to land from ganges flood o brahman eat thy fill i pray and stay within this wood the brahman said let be till to-morrow i will see to it by and by next he went to the jackal and when asked by him why he stood there he made the same answer the jackal too readily promised him some food and in talking with him repeated the second stanza a lizard jar of curds the keeper's evening meal two spits of roasted flesh withal i wrongfully did steal such as i have i give to thee o brahman eat i pray if thou shouldst deign within this wood a while with us to stay said the brahman let be till to-morrow i will see to it by and by then he went to the monkey and when asked what he meant by standing there he answered just as before the monkey readily offered him some food, and in conversing with him gave utterance to the third stanza. An icy stream, a mango ripe, a pleasant greenwood shade, tis thine to enjoy if thou canst dwell content in forest glade, said the Brahmin. Let be till to-morrow, I will see to it by and by. And he went to the wise hare, and on being asked by him why he stood there, he made the same reply. The Bodhisatta, on hearing what he wanted, was highly delighted, and said, Brahmin, you have done well in coming to me for food. This day I will grant you a boon that I have never granted anyone before, but you shall not break the moral law by taking animal life. Go, friend, and when you have piled together logs of wood and kindled a fire, come and let me know and I will sacrifice myself by falling into the midst of the flames, and when my body is roasted, you shall eat my flesh and fulfill all your ascetic duties. And in thus addressing him, the hare uttered the fourth stanza. Nor sesame, nor beans, nor rice have I as food to give, but roast with fire my flesh I yield, if thou with us wouldst live. Saka, on hearing what he said, by his miraculous power caused a heap of burning coals to appear and came and told the bodhisatta rising from his bed of kusa grass and coming to the place he thrice shook himself that if there were any insects within his coat they might escape death then offering his whole body as a free gift he sprang up and like a royal swan alighting on a cluster of lotuses in an ecstasy of joy he fell on the heap of live coals but the flame failed even to heat the pores of the hair on the body of the bodhisatta and it was as if he had entered a region of frost then he addressed saka in these words brahmin the fire you have kindled is icy cold it fails to heat even the pores of the hair on my body what is the meaning of this wise sir he replied i am no brahmin i am saka and i have come to put your virtue to the test the bodhisatta said if not only thou saka but all the inhabitants of the world were to try me in this matter of almsgiving they would not find me in any unwillingness to give and with this the bodhisatta uttered a cry of exultation like a lion roaring then said saka to the bodhisatta o wise hare be thy virtue known throughout a whole aeon and squeezing the mountain with essence thus extracted 
he daubed the sign of a hair on the orb of the moon, and after depositing the hair on a bed of young kusa grass in the same wooded part of the jungle, Sokka returned to his own place in heaven. And these four wise creatures dwelt happily and harmoniously together, fulfilling the moral law and observing holy days, till they departed to fare according to their deeds. UNASKED FOR ADVICE Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta reigned in Benares, the Bodhisatta came to life as a young singilla bird. And when he grew to be a big bird, he settled in the Himalaya country and built him a nest to his fancy, that was proof against the rain. Then a certain monkey in the rainy season, when the rain fell without intermission, sat near the Bodhisatta, his teeth chattering by reason of the severe cold. The Bodhisatta, seeing him thus distressed, fell to talking with him and uttered the first stanza. Monkey, in feet and hands and face so like the human form, why buildest thou no dwelling-place to hide thee from the storm? The monkey, on hearing this, replied with a second stanza. In feet and hands and face, O bird, though close to man allied, wisdom chief boon on him conferred, to me has been denied. The Bodhisatta, on hearing this, repeated yet two more couplets. He that inconstancy betrays, a light and fickle mind, unstable proved in all his ways, no happiness may find. Monkey, in virtue to excel, do thou thy utmost strive, and safe from wintry blast to dwell. Go, hut of leaves contrive, thought the monkey. This creature, though dwelling in a place that is sheltered from the rain, despises me. I will not suffer him to rest quietly in this nest. Accordingly, in his eagerness to catch the Bodhisatta, he made a spring upon him. But the Bodhisatta flew up into the air and winged his way elsewhere. And the monkey, after smashing up and destroying his nest, betook himself off. THE FLIGHT OF THE BEASTS Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta reigned in Benares, the Bodhisatta came to life as a young lion, and when fully grown he lived in a wood. At this time there was near the western ocean a grove of palms mixed with vilva trees. A certain hare lived here beneath a palm sapling at the foot of a vilva tree. One day this hare, after feeding, came and lay down beneath the young palm tree, and the thought struck him. If this earth should be destroyed, what would become of me? And at this very moment a ripe vilva fruit fell on a palm leaf. At the sound of it the hare thought, This solid earth is collapsing! And started up, he fled, without so much as looking behind him. Another hare saw him scampering off as if frightened to death, and asked the cause of his panic flight. "'Pray, don't ask me,' he said. The other hare cried, "'Pray, sir, what is it?' and kept running after him. Then the hare stopped a moment and, without looking back, said, "'The earth here is breaking up,' and at this the second hare ran after the other. And so first one and then another hare caught sight of him running and joined in the chase till one hundred thousand hares all took to flight together.' They were seen by a deer, a boar, an elk, a buffalo, a wild ox, a rhinoceros, a tiger, a lion, and an elephant. 
and when they asked what it meant and were told that the earth was breaking up they too took flight so by degrees this host of animals extended to the length of a full league when the bodhisattva saw this headlong flight of the animals and heard the cause of it was that the earth was coming to an end he thought the earth is nowhere coming to an end surely it must be some sound which was misunderstood by them and if i don't make a great effort they will all perish i will save their lives so with the speed of a lion he got before them to the foot of a mountain and lion-like roared three times they were terribly frightened at the lion and stopping in their flight stood all huddled together the lion went amongst them and asked why they were running away the earth is collapsing they answered who saw it collapsing he said the elephants know all about it they replied he asked the elephants we don't know they said the lions know but the lion said we don't know the tigers know the tigers said the rhinoceroses know the rhinoceroses said the wild oxen know the wild oxen said the buffaloes the buffaloes the elks the elks the boars the boars the deer the deer said we don't know the hares know when the hares were questioned they pointed to one particular hare and said this one told us so the bodhisattva asked is it true sir that the earth is breaking up yes sir i saw it said the hare where he asked were you living when you saw it near the ocean sir in a grove of palms mixed with vilva trees for as i was laying beneath the shade of a palm sapling at the foot of a vilva tree methought if this earth should break up where shall i go and at that very moment i heard the sound of the breaking up of the earth and i fled thought the lion a ripe vilva fruit evidently must have fallen on a palm leaf and made a thud and this hare jumped to the conclusion that the earth was coming to an end and ran away i will find out the exact truth about it so he reassured the herd of animals and said i will take the hare and go find out exactly whether the earth is coming to an end or not in the place pointed out by him until i return do you stay here then placing the hare on his back he sprang forward with the speed of a lion and putting the hare down in the palm grove he said come show us the place you meant i dare not my lord said the hare come don't be afraid said the lion the hare not venturing to go near the vilva tree stood afar off and cried yonder sir is the place of dreadful sound and so saying he repeated the first stanza from the spot where i did dwell issued forth a fearful thud what it was i could not tell nor what caused it understood after hearing what the hare said the lion went to the foot of the vilva tree and saw the spot where the hare had been lying beneath the shade of the palm tree and the ripe vilva fruit that fell on the palm leaf and having carefully ascertained that the earth had not broken up he placed the hare on his back and with the speed of a lion soon came again to the herd of beasts then he told them the whole story and said don't be afraid and having thus reassured the herd of beasts he let them go. Verily, if it had not been for the Bodhisatta at that time, all the beasts would have rushed into the sea and perished. 
It was all owing to the Bodhisatta that they escaped death. The Conceited Mendicant Once upon a time the Bodhisatta was born in a merchant family and plied his trade. At that time a certain religious mendicant, clad in a leather garment, in going his rounds for alms, came to the ram's fighting ground, and on seeing a ram falling back before him, he fancied it did this as a mark of respect, and did not himself retire. "'In the whole world,' thought he, "'this ram alone recognizes my merits.' And raising his joined hands in respectful salutation, he stood and repeated the first stanza. The kindly beast obeisance makes before, the high-caste Brahmin versed in holy lore, good honest creature Thon, famous above all other beasts, I vow. At this moment the wise merchant, sitting in his stores to restrain the mendicant, uttered the second stanza. Brahmin, be not so rash as this beast to trust, else he will haste to lay thee in the dust. For this the ram falls back, to gain an impetus for his attack. While this wise merchant was still speaking, the ram came on at full speed, and striking the mendicant on the thigh knocked him down. He was maddened with the pain, and lay groaning. The master, to explain the incident, gave utterance to the third stanza. With broken leg and bowl for alms upset, his damaged fortune he will sore regret. Let him not weep with outstretched arms in vain. Haste to the rescue ere the priest is slain. Then the mendicant repeated the fourth stanza. Thus all that honor to the unworthy pay shall the same fate that I have met today, prone in the dust by butting ram laid low, to foolish confidence my death I owe. Thus lamenting, he there and then came by his death. End of section 25